Welcome to Tales of the Resistance, it's a podcast about microbes, specifically resistant microbes, and about how those microbes can impact our daily lives. I'm Mara Zeltz, and I am the project manager at the I Am Responsible Project, a nationwide team of extension uh, professionals working on education and outreach on antimicrobial resistance within the agriculture and food production sectors. I'm going to be joined today on the podcast, as always, by the lovely Amber Patterson. Hi, I'm Amber Patterson. I'm the multimedia graphics designer with the Schmidt Lab and the I Am Responsible team. Excited to be here. Great. I'm also excited to be here. We're having a little bit of a a new topic we're going to be delving into because we have Giovanna coming on from Oregon State University. She works with the Food Safety and Innovation Lab at Oregon State. And a lot of her work has been on antimicrobial resistance within food processing systems and also antimicrobial resistance that's not antibiotic resistance. So um, antimicrobial resistance is antimicrobial as in it can be any microbe, bacteria, virus, fungi, etc. And it's antimicrobial rather than antibiotic. Um, that, that can include antibiotics, yes, but it can also include resistance to antifungals, antivirals, or sanitation materials, uh, antimicrobial chemicals, for instance, that are used in processing centers to control pathogens and keep our food safe. So Yovana has had some experience in looking at resistance um, to those materials. So we'll be excited to talk to her about that. Great. All right, let's get into it. Thanks for having me. I'm Yovana Kovacevic. I'm an assistant professor at Oregon State University and extension specialist in food microbiology. And I mainly work with foodborne pathogens. So concerned with microbes that we find in food that have potential to cause illness. Maybe you can uh, describe a little bit if you've had, uh, say, a personal um, experience with antimicrobial resistance or why this topic, uh, besides its, its general application to food safety. That's a great question. Um, I've been very fortunate in my, in my life that when I have used or have had to use antibiotics, they worked. And probably a couple of years ago, I, or I had a sore throat and I had to go to the doctor and, um, and she, you know, did the swab uh, of my throat and sent it out and then called back and said, yes, you need some antibiotics. And uh, she actually gave me penicillin. And um, I had to take antibiotics for probably more than two weeks. And it just got me thinking, going back to that, you know, good old penicillin, if it works, it works, maybe it takes a little longer, um, but it did the job and it really worked. And, and it just got me thinking how um, terrible it would have been if it didn't work, um, the, it, my condition got worse and then had to explore other alternatives and how important it is for us to, you know, stick with, stick with penicillin, stick with the treatment. Let's, let's keep, let's keep at it and not stray from those courses because this is when uh, microorganisms can get that advantage. If we don't fully kill them, they can stay and they can cause um, more problems for us. Uh, a big driver for me is to continue with that, you know, fortune uh, to, 
to make sure that what I can do and contribute helps us stay on track to have usable antibiotics for when you truly need them. So um, that's basically my, my story is one of the positive uh, cases of um, using antibiotics in, the, in a good way. And I'd really like it to stay that way. I know that a lot of people have been unfortunate um, not to have experiences like that and it's life-changing situation. So, and the first time I became interested and aware of antimicrobial resistance in, uh, in microbiology or in bacteria was uh, really when I started doing my PhD and uh, I had isolates of Listeria monocytogenes and we tested them for different antimicrobial resistance and found that there were some potential connections between uh, certain antibiotics and increased tolerance uh, to um, uh, sanitizers, uh, quaternary ammonium compounds that are used in sanitizers uh, in the food industry. And this um, sort of sparked my interest and a further um, deeper look into what does AMR look like from the standpoint of food industry and bacteria that come from environments um, related to uh, food preparation handling areas. I'm glad you touched on that uh, the relationship of resistance and, and sanitizer um, tolerance. Um, this is a topic that comes up, I think a lot of people is, is once they start grasping the idea that the antibiotic use or antimicrobial use can maybe select for resistance in some species. Um, they, a lot of people make this leap towards uh, what does it mean when we're using sanitizers either in the home or in industry and how that, how that relates to antimicrobial resistance. But maybe you can describe a little bit about what sanitizer tolerance is. So I'll break it down to two things here. But let's say if we have a microorganism that doesn't have some genetic elements that help it survive um, or genetic elements to fight certain antibiotic, let's say. So let's say that microorganism comes in and gets embedded somewhere in the environment, right? So um, we, we see this, for example, with Listeria monocytogenes in, in a lot of uh, food production environments where the equipment wasn't designed um, to be easily dismantled, cleaned, and sanitized. And sometimes um, microorganisms can live in those uh, little crevices and areas. Um, and they can live there for a long time if given the right conditions. So in that case, it becomes very important that proper cleaning and sanitizing takes place. So um, when I say proper cleaning and sanitizing, um, we know that you can't really sanitize dirty surface. So you have to use manual cleaning, um, water detergent, you know, scrubbing um, before you can apply um, any sanitizer so that to allow that penetration and to act on the microorganism. Our research shows that when then that is done properly and you use concentrations that are recommended by manufacturers, and these are pretty high concentrations typically for non-food contact surfaces um, and then specific other concentrations for food contact surfaces, and that it's effective. So there's no, there's no risk, what we call, you know, I would use quotation marks, resistance. Um, there's no tolerance when used according to 
uh, prescribed manufacturer recommended concentrations, contact times, and really following the label instructions. What happens sometimes is that, you know, in circumstances where you can't pen that that sanitizer can't properly penetrate, we expect that in some situations there could be some sublethal concentrations that are used and that a microorganism can get into contact with. And um, what we were interested in is seeing some of our latest research is what happens if, uh, let's say, listeria is found in the food environment and it's only exposed to very uh, small or sublethal concentration that does not kill it. Um, and then we looked at the changes on the genomic level. So what are some of the genes that change or um, what are some mutations that maybe happen? And, and we saw that there are um, obviously uh, adding a sanitizer to microorganism creates a certain level of stress in, in their organism. And then um, we see certain mutations and we saw that there were uh, a few uh, with one particular gene um, that had a number of different uh, mutations indicating that maybe there's something going on and this is, this is something important. Um, and then when we rechecked how that microorganism responds to different antibiotics, we saw that all of a sudden it, for some of the antibiotics, it changed the groupings from, san, from sensitive to intermediate sensitivity. And in some cases it became resistant. Again, using these prescribed you know, numbers and ways that we monitor for antibiotic resistance. So um, there is a possibility that some sublethal concentrations of sanitizer can impact behavior of a microorganism when exposed to antibiotics later. But we really don't know what, what's happening and what those mechanisms are. So kind of getting down to the basics of, of your job, what does a day in the life look like for you? And what do you love most about your work? That's a loaded question. Um, but one of the things that I love the most um, is, well, there's a few things that, you know, there's research component um, when, when, we get, when we get data and then uh, translate that data to real life and real world uh, scenarios. So working with, working with students and designing experiments and then getting the data and putting that data into um, what's meaningful for food industry. I am responsible team is a great uh, merge of research and extension specialists. And so it's been, um, it's been a great, uh, great experience and really a good team to look at antimicrobial resistance from your you know, traditional areas that we, we tackle um, antimicrobial resistance, but then also bringing in people uh, from other uh, realms of uh, science and, um, and also social sciences to help send that message and see what can we do to really improve the outreach when it comes to antimicrobial resistance. So, you know, yes, we do, we individually do a lot of research, and, uh, but how is that research really translated and put out into you know, messaging and usable messages for um, different audience? One of the highlights of my work, seeing the, what I do being used and uh, to make decisions to improve the safety of our food production. I've, we've talked about this in the series so far, but probably just to reiterate, you know, antimicrobial resistance 
naturally occurring. We'll never get rid of it entirely. It's, it's a matter of managing. And um, we can't just kill all the microbes. That's not, <laughs> not going to work. <laughs> no, and if we think about it, most of the microbes are good microbes and we need them to survive. So um, another thing to you know, be mindful, anytime that we use antibiotics, you don't kill just the bad um, bad bugs, you kill some of the good uh, bugs too. So you don't want to run to antibiotics unless uh, you really need antibiotics. Right? So being mindful of when we use antibiotics and how we use them and that we use them properly um, is, is something that we should all strive towards. So um, we've come to the end. Uh, is there anything that I missed that you think you'd like to include? I just think that, you know, one one important thing to be there, you know, sanitizers work um, if used appropriately. When they are not used appropriately, then, you know, this is when we see the concern. So just making sure that we send that message because um, we don't want to create this hysteria that sanitizers don't work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Well, um, I guess we'll say thank you. Thanks for doing this. It's kind thank of Thank you. Thank you. That was very interesting. I learned a lot about sanitizers that I didn't know before. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. I think that this conversation is important within the overall antimicrobial resistance conversation because sanitizers have um that's a similar in the sense that if you they can cause resistance if you don't have enough of them but just like you know it's not really a bad thing to use antibiotics um to address sickness in yourself or your animals as long as you're using them you know as prescribed you're not using too little of them because too little of them would be um can create that selective pressure, or you're not letting other people use your antibiotics or um, uh, dumping excess antibiotics into the environment. Um, so as long as you're using the antibiotic as uh, correctly or using your sanitizer correctly, mm-hmm. there is less risk that you're actually causing antimicrobial resistance. I think... Um, the only thing that I, uh, obviously, as an environmental um, engineer, biosystems engineer, my next thought to that is, okay, so what happens with the waste, right? So you've got, uh, you've, you've got this uh, food safety environment that you have used the appropriate amount of my, um, sanitizers in. Uh, so then at some point, there's a cleaning or, you know, wastewater leaves this environment now the concentration of that material is lower. So, and the same thing would be true with wastewater from humans or waste treatment from animals. Once you've got a waste stream, the concentration of that material is less than it was designed for its application. So I think there's a lot more work to be done on making sure that we're not, you know, those uses aren't promoting antimicrobial resistance in the waste that's but that's like a whole other thing because it's not it's not like that's going to be a part of food safety it's it's an environmental pathway problem now and um and there's a different sort of risk levels that 
are are there. So I I I want to reiterate uh, what Giovanna was saying about um, you know not not creating a panic about the val uh, the sort of safety of our foods or you know or the mm -hmm. um, the the level of resistance from correctly using uh, cleaning products or cleaning your home. Right. So we'll wrap up our conversation. We will look forward to seeing y'all again here soon. Thanks. Thank you. Or if I sound terrible, then I'll be like, no, Mara, that's just for your enjoyment. Uh, <laughs> in the world. <laughs>